close that prayer today with the prayer that I'm praying specifically for this time. There's one prayer I'm praying for these next 30 minutes, and that is, is that you would see Jesus, that I would see Jesus. I, I'm, not, I'm not thinking a, a physical representation of Jesus that you would see. It's certainly God's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to in that. But what I'm talking about today is that we could have our spiritual eyes open and we could see Jesus for who he is in a fresh and powerful way like we've never seen him before. This is a, this is a, a prayer that we pray. It's not a goal for this message. A goal is something that I would have, that I would be trying to uh, attempt to make happen. It's a prayer. And a prayer answered is something that God does. And so in a huge way, what we're doing is reading the word, trying to learn what's here, apply the word to our lives, and invite the Holy Spirit to do work that goes way beyond any skill we have or any communication ability we have, but that the Spirit of God would break through in your heart, my heart, hearts around you, and we might see Christ. I want to ask you to listen to the message in that way. I don't know what your habits are as far as how you listen to a sermon. Sometimes that might be taking notes. It, it might be reading along in the passage. It, it may be just listening and reflecting. But I do want to ask you today to listen to the sermon praying. Listen praying. That as we work through the verses and each truth of the, these verses that we highlight here that the spirit of God would you just be said Lord let me see Jesus let me see him Oswald Chambers speaks about seeing Jesus and share his words here he says Oswald Chambers says being saved and seeing Jesus are not the same thing many are partakers of God's grace who have never seen Jesus when once you have seen Jesus, you can never be the same. Other things do not appeal as they used to do. But we cannot dictate when he will come. Suddenly at any turn he may come and we will say, now I see him. We're praying that we may see Jesus today, right? You hold in your hands a communion cup. And as you hold it today, in just a few moments, we're going to invite you to take the bread and take the juice. And when you receive this cup, we'll be remembering what Jesus Christ has done for us in laying down his life on the cross. Some of you here today will take the cup like you always have. Others of you, it might be the first time that you've ever taken communion. Why should you take communion today? You should take communion today if you are remembering what Jesus Christ has done for you in salvation. Some of you would look at this and you'd say, Pastor, I, I never have been saved. I never have trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I don't have a personal relationship with God. What I'd ask you to do today is listen to the message, to think about this cup and what it 
represents. And maybe today would be the day that you call out to Jesus and say, I believe today, Jesus, that you died for me to pay for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the dead. And I want you to be my Savior. I want you to forgive me of your sins. And having prayed that, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And right here in this room, with you calling out to Jesus to save you, your life can be changed for eternity. Your life can be changed forever, and you can walk away from this room remembering that on April 10th, 2022, that you're forever changed at Watkinsville First Baptist Church. So think about today. Let this cup and this bread be a testimony to you of what Jesus has done. And let me read these verses that speak about Jesus and who he is. Verse 11, John chapter 10. John 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own by I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. This is the fourth I am statement of seven. We've talked about Jesus identifying himself and he, he wants us to see him as he sees himself. And I love that. It's not, it's not you seeing Jesus as I see him. It's not us seeing Jesus for what we decide that he is. It is Jesus Christ himself saying, this is who I am. And it's an invitation. That revelation of who he is is an invitation to believe and receive eternal life. It's an invitation to see him as he is. Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen him? Has he captured your affection? Has he captured your attention? Has he captured your focus? When he says, I am, it was a reference to identifying as God. It goes all the way back to the Old Testament in Exodus where God identified himself as I am. And Jesus takes that statement the crowd would know he was identifying himself as God. And then he attaches a metaphor to that God statement. He has said, I am the bread. He said, I am the light. And last week we saw him say, I am the door. And this week we hear him say, I am the good shepherd. He's given a picture revealing who he is. I am refers to God. Good. I am the good shepherd. Shepherd. He tells us what kind of shepherd. Good is a word that means, in the most literal sense, genuine. Uh, it, it means beautiful. It, it is a word that describes uh, the model of perfection. 
We talk about milk being good, bread being good. Uh, we, 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 we might say uh, that rose is good. That's a good rose. That's a good flower. Uh, we, we, we look at it and when we are using that word good, we're talking about something that is what it was meant to be, how it's meant to be. We're describing something that is beautiful, that is designed, that operates, that functions exactly the way it was meant to be. And when Jesus says that he's the model of perfection of a shepherd, that he's the good shepherd, he's saying everything that a shepherd is designed and meant to be, I'm that. And he identifies one specific characteristic that defines what a good shepherd is. He says it twice. When he says, verse 11, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd does what? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's what the shepherd does. The shepherd is a good shepherd because the good shepherd does what a shepherd does and what a shepherd does is lay down his life for the sheep. Who are the sheep? Sheep are believers. Sheep are, would be represented in this room here today by those who have trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're referred to in Scripture as sheep. And when Jesus says he's the shepherd, he means he's the shepherd of your soul. He's the shepherd of your life. Now, this ultimate work of the shepherd of laying down his life for the sheep is weighty for us. What happens if the shepherd does not lay down his life for the sheep? What happens to the sheep? Just think for a moment. If the good shepherd doesn't lay down his life for the sheep, who lays down their life? The sheep. The sheep. And so it's weighty for us as he makes this picture known to us that he's the good shepherd and he lays down his life. He wants you to see that what he's done as the good shepherd for you is that he's laid down his life for you so that you don't have to lay down your life for eternity. He dies for us so that we can live forever. That's the glorious news of him being the good shepherd. Now, he contrasts the good shepherd with those that you might say are fake shepherds. He calls them hirelings. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 12, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. What he's saying to us is that there are shepherds in this world that cannot be identified as good shepherds. There are shepherds that will try to lead you, get you to follow them, draw you to them, act like they're taking care of you and offering you a good life. And Jesus says, actually, they're in it for themselves. They're not in it for you. And a question I just want to ask before we work through these, uh, the, the rest of these verses is what shepherd are you following? 
What shepherd do you have your focus on? What voice are you listening to? Who calls the shots in your life? Who has your ear? Where are you looking to to find your satisfaction and your desires met? It's easy for us to get our ear trained to a different voice than the good shepherd. One of the reasons we don't see Jesus is because our desires are set on a different shepherd. A different shepherd. I mean, if you if you had this experience where you travel somewhere and you get there and you have no idea where you've been, here's here's what maybe it happened just now. Maybe you knew I gotta be there by 10:30, and you jump in the vehicle and you head this way. And all of a sudden, you're at the parking lot, and as you pull in the parking lot, it hits you. Was that light red? Was that light green? Did I even go through that light? Somebody could say, hey, did you know that building burned down at Butler's Crossing? And you're like, no, I sure didn't. I didn't even know. No building burned down at Butler's Crossing. I'm just, I, what I'm saying is, is that, you, we get to traveling and we, we go somewhere and we've got our eyes fixed on something to where we don't see anything else. And what happens, we cannot, we, we'll miss Jesus in this life. You'll miss Jesus in this week. You'll miss Jesus in this day if you've got your ear tuned to the wrong shepherd, if you've got your eyes focused on the wrong shepherd. And here's an opportunity today to to see and to treasure and to cherish the good shepherd. I want you to see Jesus. At the same time, I know that I can't do the Spirit's work in your heart. And even as I talk about this, I'm just praying, Spirit of God, let every heart, let every eye, let every soul in this room see the good shepherd. Let's see what the Word says about him. The good shepherd is good because he laid down his life for the sheep. And if you're taking notes, I want to finish that statement. The good shepherd is good because he laid down his life for his sheep. And I want to add one more word. Five times. All right. First of all, the good shepherd is good because he laid down his life for his sheep vicariously. The good shepherd is good because he laid down his life for his sheep vicariously. Look at it in verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life. What are those last three words? For the sheep. He lays down his life. Why? For the sheep. He vicariously lays down his life. In other words, he takes our place. He lays down his life. Now let me just let me just stop here and make sure we know when we're talking about laying down his life that we're talking about the cross of Jesus Christ. We're talking about the cross. You see, the cross of Jesus Christ, that was the fulfillment of the prophecy that Jesus was giving right here in this message. When Jesus describes laying down his life for the sheep, he's referencing the cross. He's given a word of prophecy. Here's, here's where we are. You and I, we look back at what Jesus said and what Jesus did. We look back and we celebrate. 
When Jesus was speaking, he was looking ahead and people looked ahead and they anticipated. We celebrate, they anticipate. They're trying to make sense of it all. What does he mean by laying down his life? What would that look like? How would that be? Where would that happen? What does that mean? We look back and know that when Jesus said, I lay down my life for the sheep, he was telling them exactly what he was going to do. He was just days away. In our Bibles, just two chapters away from entering Jerusalem in the last week of his life where by the end of the week he would be nailed to a cross and he would die. And Jesus would go to the cross. He would die on the cross. He would lay down his life vicariously. In other words, he would go there so I would not have to. He would go there so that you would not have to die the death that he died. Isaiah 53.6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. It says that God has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. If he didn't sin, why did he die? He died because he bore your sin. He died because he bore my sin. He bore the iniquity of us all. He died in your place. In the New Testament book of Romans, Romans chapter 5 he describes this. Romans 5 verse 6 says, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died. Why? For us. He died in our place. He's a pastor, I don't... I mean, pretty much we still, I mean, unless Jesus comes back, I will still die physically. Yes. The ultimate impact of sin on this universe is physical death. But if you die physical death with your faith in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, you will never experience eternal spiritual death. You will never experience death of being separated from God forever. If you die without faith in Jesus Christ, you experience separation from God in a place the Bible calls hell forever. But Jesus dying on the cross, laying down his life on the cross, he did that so that you could live eternally. He died vicariously. The good shepherd is good because he laid down his life for his sheep lovingly. It was a demonstration of love. John 3.16. Do you ever wish that you could hear verses again for the first time? Sometimes I wish that for a verse like John 3.16. I wish the, 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 the just how profound that simple verse is could land on us. Powerfully for the first time. For God so loved the world. Do you ever put your name in there? For God so loved you. For God so loved you. For God so loved Carlos. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. His giving of his son to die, to lay down his life was loved by the heavenly father for you. 
1 John 3, 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus demonstrated his love for us by his death on the cross. There's some words that describe uh, how it was lovingly. I, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand, not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them, scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and, and listen to this phrase, and cares nothing for the sheep. Cares nothing for the sheep. What a great, what a great deterrent to sin. To know that when you're lured or you're tempted to follow another voice other than God's voice, to follow another Savior other than Jesus, when you're tempted, offered the world might call the good life, Jesus reveals to us that that kind of shepherd actually cares nothing for the sheep. His laying down his life is seen as a loving act also because he did it knowing us. He laid down his life for you knowing you. Knowing you. Look, he says in, in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. He compares his relationship with the heavenly Father to his relationship with you. Jesus Christ from eternity past who had been with the Father certainly knows him. There's that relationship. He says, I, I know you and you know me like I know the Father and the Father knows me. He's describing for us an intimate relationship. The word know is used so many times in Scripture to describe intimacy between one another. It's, a, it is, it's where... Every part of your life, every part of your personality, what you think is good, what you think is bad, Jesus says, I know you. I have, for, for our relationship, there are no edits in our relationship with Jesus. There's never a time where you go through a Monday and you do something and Jesus says, didn't see that coming. He knows you. He knows your name. He knows your ways. And he wants you to know that he laid down his life for you. When you trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the book of Revelation tells us that there is a name written down in heaven in the Lamb's book of life. What is your name? This, yeah, no, you're not going to say it out loud. We're not real loud people here. We're just, just kind of just whisper it. Carlos, sit down. I believe today that my name, that he knows it and is written in his book. The good shepherd lays down his life for you. Third. The good shepherd is good because he laid down his life vicariously, lovingly, and number three, willingly. 
willingly. Verse 17, for this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from the Father. Jesus is saying the cross that is coming, when you see it, he's telling them as you look ahead, it's like he's building a foundation for them. When I die in a few days, I want you to know it's not because of Pilate. It's not because of the Roman soldiers. It's not because of the Jewish religious crowd. It's not because Judas betrayed me. When I lay down my life, it's a part of God's plan of salvation. I lay my life down willingly. He paid a high price. And he did it willingly. The good shepherd is good. See Jesus today. Spirit of God, help us to see Jesus, that vicariously and lovingly and willingly he laid down his life. No one forced him. Remember those words of Jesus when Pilate asked him a question? He said, do you not know? Do you not know? And it's like in the garden when, when Peter took out the sword and took off the ear. Jesus, do you not know I could call? It's like he was, this, this is... He says, I'm I'm not out of control here. He willingly, the good shepherd is good because he laid down his life for his sheep vicariously, lovingly, willingly. And number five, obediently. He said in the last phrase of verse 18, this charge I have received from my father, this commandment I have received from my father. He was obedient to the will of the father. He It's one of the themes as you read through the Gospels, you see over and over again Jesus saying, I do what the Father says. I follow the will of the Father. I speak what the Father gives me to speak. I know, he he, he says, what the Father has revealed. It is this relationship where he's saying, I am being obedient to the Father. What a great picture for you and I to just see even the obedience of the son to the father and then here's the last thing the good shepherd is, a, is good because he laid down his life for his sheep triumphantly verse 17 and 18 for this reason the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again that phrase that I may take it up again is a reference to none other than resurrection It was Jesus saying, yes, coming, I will die. You wonder sometimes, did he ever ever predict his death? Yes, he said, I will lay down my life. Did he ever predict his resurrection? Yes. He says, I will take it up again. Imagine the authority, imagine the, the, the sovereignty of Jesus being able to say, I will die. Now, you, you, you might some way say, well, yeah, I can I can make that happen. But go a step further. When I die, I'm going to raise myself back to life. Kind of blows the circuits, doesn't it? How does that? How does that explain? I don't know how to. All I know is that the sovereignty of God, the authority of God, the power of God, that death could not hold Jesus Christ. And he willingly laid down his life, but triumphantly he rose back to life. 
That's good news. That's the good shepherd at work. That's who Jesus is for you. He laid down his life for you vicariously, lovingly, willingly, obediently, and triumphantly. And you and I can live today knowing that we too can live forever like Christ and with Christ. And so today, we're just trying to see Jesus as the good shepherd. You hold in your hand this cup, and you find that. I get the impression reading through God's word that Jesus really wanted us to see him. I am the light, I'm the door. I am the good shepherd. He gives us the night before he was betrayed. He took the cup, he took the bread, he said, This bread is my body. Whenever you take this bread, do it in remembrance of me, this blood. This cup, this fruit of the vine, it's the blood of a new covenant. So I'm making a covenant with you. Today, when we look at this, you begin to just prepare it there, just practically, this, you work with it a little bit. And there's a thin layer that allows you to peel away and get to the bread. I want to ask you to go ahead and take that bread and hold it in one hand. And then take prepare the cup so you peel that away and for a moment would you hold the bread and hold the cup and pray pray the prayer I hope you've already been praying Lord Jesus let me see you today let me see you today let me see you as the one who died in my place Loving me, even though you know me. Let me see Jesus today. Spirit of God, let me see Jesus today. Who willingly went to the cross for me. Who obediently went to the cross for me. And who triumphantly went to the cross and rose back to life for me. His bread... Reminds us that he laid his body down for us. This cup reminds us that he shed his blood for us to pay for our sin. If you've never believed, would you call out to Jesus to save you right now? And he will. Turn from what you've been trusting in and turn to Jesus Christ who died for you and rose again. And then take the bread and take the cup remembering what he just did for you maybe even seconds before you took the bread and cup others of you it's been 20 years 30 years 5 years since you believed on Jesus as you take the bread and take the cup today would you see Jesus and remember what he's done through this time, we're going to sing. You can listen. You can sing. You can hold the bread, hold the cup, talk to the Lord. But in your own time, would you take the bread and take the cup 
Let's worship.